of our friends, we here at CITR wouldn't be able to bring you all the great music, art, cinema, and culture that you love. Thanks to the long-standing support from the Rio Theater, we are able to keep you informed on all the great artists, films, and everything else coming to town there. For all the current information about who and what's playing at the Rio Theater, visit their website at www.riotheater.ca. Sound stage at CITR Studio for a visit with the folks who are directing the exciting young star Dama Dora and guest Ben The Real World. The Real World is the UBC Film Society's radio show. We talk about events, actors, directors, and genres. We come up with most of the genres, and that's what makes it so jazzy. It's a lot of fun and games, except not that many games. If you think you can handle all of this, tune in Fridays from 11 to 12 on CITR 101.9 FM. Hello. We have entered you are listening to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM. You just heard our promo. We made it last night. We're super excited about it. It's really freaking cute. Um, we are really freaking cute. <laughs> um, today we're joined by Jonathan. Hello. Hello. That's the first time I'd heard the promo, and I, I'm a fan. Thank I'm you. so glad. Yeah. We will now be playing it every single F- show. That, yeah, that's our new Until opening. it gets taken down, <laughs> because we played it too many times. 
Um, but yeah, the real world is with Dama and Dora on CITR 101.9 FM. We're broadcasting live from unceded Musqueam territory here on UBC campus in Vancouver, BC. Real world is just UBC Film Society's radio show um, where we talk about, try to connect with clubs and campus organizations through film and just kind of talk about whatever the heck we want to talk about. Yeah, and we bring guests in sometimes. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah, generally they're just people that want to be on the show. So we're like, hey. Yeah. Be on the show. <laughs> Help us, please. Um, but today we're talking about historical films. Yes, we're excited about this because Dora is very much a nerd for Oh my classics. god, no! No one yes. can know. I am, I'm saying this. It is It is now common knowledge that Dora's a nerd. <laughs> um, but yeah, tell, tell me a bit about why you love classics in general so much because a lot of the films that we're going to talk about are like not only historical but specifically classical base yeah um you know what i'm so glad you asked <laughs> i'm um, so glad i asked too <laughs> i find classicism really interesting because it's like the basic of basis of western society like it's so whack like how like so many ideas from that time period have, like perpetuated themselves into the modern era um and i think it's like a really fun tool that people are like mostly like nations kind of use to like justify or like validate um their ideology like the first thing that comes to my brain is um like the states and it's like we are Rome like we like Greece was the bedrock of democracy and like I have something to say about this when you're done oh cool (laughs) um but they it's like a fun era where people have just like picked and like cherry-picked like instances of it that they think kind of like are cool and like like that like is a very nice ideal but that like in reality was actually like pretty seedy like this idea of like the perfect west with like or like ancient western civilization with like pure marble columns and like we love like voting and the agora like no 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 like that's not how it works like women were like totally subjugated slaves were like a huge part of the society and had like zero rights um and like like it was so oligarchical and so aristocratic um which and i find it like very funny that people are like yes like greece rome so good but then also like even like it's so ancient like, it's so ancient. Like, Christianity is, like, a baby religion. Like, Islam has been around forever. Like, pagan religions are so fascinating to me. When I was little, I used to pretend that, well, I, I like, no, I, like, full-on believe that the Greek gods were real. And I'd be like, Athena's watching me today. Like, oh, I, I really it. wish that I had grown up like that. <laughs> I always, like, looking back at my life, I genuinely believed fairies were real. Oh. And that makes me really happy, like, that I lived that way. But I remember being a child and being like, man... I wish that I, my parents believed in the Greek gods, that I would have grown up believing in the Greek gods. Oh. I'm like, oh, I wish. Greek mythology is definitely, I think, the most fun religion to follow. Oh, yeah, no. It's so, but like, I also, love sacrifices. In terms Don't of you love sacrifices? <laughs> in terms of storytelling, it's definitely uh, the one which is most interesting to me. As someone who went to like a, a Christian high school, uh, <laughs> Greek mythology has always been pretty fascinating to me. Yeah, it's like pretty whack. Um, like they are so fun. Like I think that the myths themselves, mm-hmm. like it's, but like they're also so like sugar coated. Like the Greek gods like raped people all the time, yeah. and it's like, and then like, but like in the books, it's like they lay with each other, and then like this demigod was born. And it's like what? Like no, no, no. This like, demigod is a product of rape, people. Yeah, like it's like it's like I find it so strange, mm-hmm. um, but so fascinating. Like yeah. I absolutely adore everything that has to do with it, and especially like from like 
a literary point of view, like the first literature in the entire world is from ancient Greece. And like Ooh. it like mm, I love it. I love it. <laughs> so many fun facts coming from Dora right bam, now. Bam bam bam. Nonstop. Yeah. But what do you want to say about Rome? Oh, I was just like uh, what you were saying before about like, oh, we let, we cherry pick the things about Rome that we want to bring into our society. Like I was just uh, listening to either Freakonomics or Radiolab and they had this. Speaking of nerds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Shut up. Um, and they were talking about like, it, it's a mini series about like judges in the U.S. and just like the judicial system kind of. And there's this like rule that lets uh prosecutors or just any lawyer really uh when they're choosing the jury to just like pick a few people to exclude and often that leads to a very like white jury so when they're trying uh non-white uh people a lot of those people are found guilty like Sometimes when they're not, sometimes when they are. I don't know. Um, and this is a rule. Law is whack. <laughs> yeah. This is a rule that goes back to like ancient Rome yeah. because they like, you have the right to choose a few people to take out and you don't need to explain to the judge why you need to take them out. There's a few that you need to explain. So like um, if there's some sort of conflict of interest, like, oh, the defendant is my child. Like, obviously you're not going to be on the jury. Yeah. But there's a few people that... Y- the lawyers can just pick and no one like has the right to ask them why they did it um so like there was a huge like issue with this when a lot of people started taking out like black people from the jury and like latino people from the jury and just making it a super undiverse jury uh which was obviously not benefiting a lot of the like colored defendants so like and that's something that People refuse, it's a, not law, I guess, it's a rule in the courtroom that people refuse to take out for many reasons. Like, they did explain a few of the reasons, which I think are fair. But, like, a lot of the reasons that kept coming up were just like, it's always been this way. Like, this goes back to ancient Rome. And I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. (laughs) I don't care that this goes back to ancient Rome. Like, that makes no sense. In ancient Rome, it made sense. Because it was like, oh, if everyone is picking the jury that they don't want to be there then like at the end you get a jury that is kind of fair because both sides are taking away the people that they don't want but that's like different now (laughs) so yeah uh i thought it was just interesting just how much of this like oh but they did it in ancient rome so it must have been great yeah and that's like a really annoying thing that comes up a lot in like classical studies is that like people are like well it's like it's cool because it's rome like it's cool because it's greece and it's like no like that's not actually interesting and that's not actually valid like Mm -hmm. like Let's move on. Yeah, like, it's interesting that it happened. We don't need we, to apply yeah, it to our modern need, context. That's, like, not a very exciting. <laughs> Simple as that. Simple as that. Have you guys been to Italy? Looked no. at uh, Yes. I, I have. It's the best place I've ever been to. I'm very, very, very lucky boy. <laughs> lucky boy! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, excellent vacation. Yeah. Architecture, love it. Food, love it. <laughs> All of it? Yeah. Love it. Nice. Cool. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, what movies did you guys watch? If you watched any. Yeah. So I. That <laughs> was like, let's explain. Let's go. Uh. So what we do on the show is just don't tell each other what movies we watch, and then we talk about those movies. So I watched. I'm going to butcher this name, Curiopatora, which is just 
Cleopatra. We watched it together. Yeah, we did. It was a really cute date. <laughs> it was very, very fun. Uh, which is this animated, like, Japanese animated film. Um, supposedly about Cleopatra's life. Now, Very loosely Very based. loosely based on Cleopatra's life. Now, let me explain why I say that this is very strange. Um, so it starts in the future. And it's some, like, freaky future where, like, there's a lot of technology. And they don't really explain much. Um, does it take place in Egypt? No. The like, movie itself does. Yeah, but this start, the start of this is just the future. We don't know where in the future. It's just the future. Um, and they're like, oh, we need to find out how Cleopatra lived because it makes sense to okay. our politics okay, yeah. at this so moment. The, the like setup is like there's a rival galaxy and they have this plan that is they calling Cleopatra's plan. Um, and they're like, we need to find out what that is. Like, what So is obviously so we must go to the we past. To time travel to Cleopatra. But it also like doesn't make any sense because they have like guns and like yeah. cars. Yeah, and they take the guns and uh, not the cars, but they take the guns to the past. Yeah, and kind of inhabit the bodies of people in the past. But it's never really clear if like they know the bodies know they're being inhabited or like if it's the person themselves. Yeah, yeah. So we then go on to like just witness Cleopatra's life. But I think like an important point to put here, like this was uh, supposed to be or is an X-rated movie. And it was supposed to be a kind of like a hentai in terms of like, oh, it's kind of like pornography, but animated. Um, but we were talking uh, about this with Dora after we watched the movie. Like, it was supposed to be something, like, erotic. But at the same time, the the animation style is awesome. It's just such a strange... It, there's a mix of, like, actual film and, like, drawing. Yeah, they, like, film human bodies moving and then draw heads on. Yeah, in some parts Sounds of that. Sounds like Who Framed Roger Rabbit or something like that. Kind of. Yeah, I can see. I can not, see the comparison. They don't like really interact with each other. Yeah, though. exactly. Okay. It's not it's not like it's not like Space Jam where you have just like the fake things and then the real things and they talk. No, it's like the way that it was made to me is like an art piece just because there it's, it's such a mixed media type of project. Um, but that makes it very strange, too. So, I'm trying to remember why I started talking about the art style. There was definitely a reason for it. Oh. So, yeah, like, a lot of the, like, quote-unquote sex scenes are just... Oh, my God! Abstract it's like lumps blobs, like, moving around. Yeah, like, it's, it's just, like, yeah, blobs of just line art kind of moving. And you can't tell, like, is this a naked body? Yeah. Is, are they having sex? I I don't know. And it was like a, I don't know. it was a total f- like what's the word? failure, like monetary failure. <laughs> yeah, because like you had the people that were in it for the hentai were like, <laughs> yeah. "Yeah, I want to watch hentai." And then they're like, "There's this, not that this much. is not erotic. Like I'm just seeing two blobs moving around that was don't it even in look any way human." R- looked like sort of like a biology video. You no. might see no, 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 no. Was it, it looked it like a, a lot Matisse more... line drawing. Yeah, I think that's a good But way. that like also didn't make any sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So the people that were in it for the hentai were like no, this is not great. And then the people that were in it for the like the art, film. yeah, the art and the and like the historical perspective were like, why are there so many boobs? Yeah, like too many <laughs> boobs happening right now, and also weird blobs moving around. Like, like probably the only reason why it was allowed to be like labeled as like such an erotic movie was because none of the women wore shirts. Yes, 
every woman just had their boobs just like flying around and it was like what? except the old lady the old lady had and that she was just on. there to demonize lesbian relationships yeah. see see when you're saying everyone had their uh tops off is this an- animated people or yes is it, uh, animated people humans. animated okay. people so you start off we should probably explain this part of the animation you start off in the future and in the future they are filming human bodies and putting animated faces once you get to the past it's more about the animated stuff but you still have some uh what's it called rotoscope things yes yeah. yeah you still have a few of those things like <gasps> like you, you see in the back <laughs> oh crazy brought it back crazy we talk about our bakshi episode a lot because it was fun it was my um, um, but yeah, if um, if you know uh, about Bakshi's work and you know what a rotoscope type thing is, they do that in Korea uh, Patora a lot. And I think like visually, it's a very interesting movie. Obviously, there's like so much wrong with what they portray in terms of like the history, which you can talk about more than I can, just because I don't. I don't know the history that well. I just happen to know the like there were definitely no 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 definitely was not some magic that happened. You don't need happened. to know history to know that that film is not historically <laughs> yeah. accurate. Uh, but it's fun. Like I had a lot of fun watching it, and I had a lot of fun like as a classic scholar watching it. Um, I took a classics and film class last semester, which was like pretty awesome. Um, it was just like a combo of like everything I've ever been passionate about, which was cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but we talked a lot about this idea of like past land, which is where um, like no one like no movie like is ever 100 percent historically accurate. Like mm-hmm. they're kind of like, oh, we'll put them in togas and put them next to some columns. And like it's like the ancient, ancient West. Yeah. Um, and like how like within that context, you have like a lot of liberties and blah, blah, blah. But I thought this movie was really interesting because it like combined past land and like future land it was like well like because like you said we like we don't know when in the future it is it's just like the future and so they can like put kind of anything they want to like impress on that and like put in the movie and then like plus this like totally like total lunacy that is the past land in this sounds like a really uh exotic interesting film could you tell me how long it is and where it's available to watch. Oh, oh I have God, no idea. No. No. <laughs> no answer to either of those. Sorry. Yeah, no, no idea. I mean, I can I can Google it for you. Maybe during the, the break or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's cool. You should just Google Korea Patora. You can probably find it, okay. honestly. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting movie. Like, even if you are not into the historical inaccuracies and the possible porn, um... Like, just visually, it's very, very interesting. So I was into it. I thought it was pretty cool. And the fact that we don't know if the characters are aware that they are from the future and inhabiting someone else's body, to me, was, like, an an interesting twist on it. Because it's like, one of them was supposed to be a somewhat historical figure. Like, the, the guy that turns into a slave... And then fight someone. I feel like he played a big part in the movie. And it's oh like, is this supposed to be history? No. Is it, is oh, it not? No, no, I don't, no. I don't know. Like, are they accidentally becoming a part of history? Uh, I don't know. I thought it was interesting. But yeah, very <laughs> interesting take on Cleopatra's history. Um, So I have like a fun point that I want to, that like, I've been like teasing Dama with my, I keep saying I have a theory. Um, oh, but I want right. to build up to it. Um, what do you guys think is the point of classic, of like historical films, like, and specifically classical films? Mm, okay. Okay. The point, uh, 
Well, I'd say the point of any movie is to be entertaining. I don't think uh, a movie like Gladiator wants you to like learn anything in particular. Uh, well, I mean, every inter- film's trying to impress something that's on you. That's true. Yeah. That's every th- film has a message. It's an inter- interesting question. I'm not. Sh- I'm not Gracias. exactly sure how to answer it. You have to give me uh, a few minutes. <laughs> Mama yeah. has an answer. Um, Let's see. So. This is, like, still based on my classic and film class, but especially on, like, just, like, in that context. Like, historical films are kind of, they kind of exist to present this ideal of history that, like, that just, like, perpetuates this idea of, like, what the historical past was. And this, like, this time, especially in, like, ancient films of or ancient classical films of, like, um, like heroes and, like, honor and... um like love like i'm like if only going off in like the 1963 cleopatra with elizabeth taylor and richard burton i don't remember yeah yeah i, I watched was, that I was, one with you too right? i was actually gonna yeah. bring that up in a few in a few moments yeah no love that movie and that like that's like it's amazing it's like one of the most spe- like spectacular movies like it's, in that it's, it's like full spectacle it's truly eye-popping yeah um but it it kind of like showcases what american society at the time like wanted to like wanted to hold on to like Mm -hmm. especially like that was in the middle of the cold war and like blah 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 um but my so do you guys agree with this statement yeah so my theory is and okay so that that's like that's my assertion Mm -hmm. and they have stopped producing classical movies um at that scale they now like Troy, 2004, one of my favorite movies ever. I think it's so fun. Um, but it's, like, it's not, like, a serious movie. Like, no, it's silly. Um, so my theory is that classical films have been replaced with World War II films. Oh, that's a good point. <gasps> Woo! Blew your mind! What? I have been sitting on this for months. Um, here's why. Okay, tell me. <clears throat> Every time a World War II movie comes out, people are like, oh my god, like, like, they're so classy. Like, they're so, like, they're so, like, perfect and whatever, um, which is exactly how people thought about classical films when they came out. Um, like, Spartacus, um, Cleopatra, like, Quo Varis, like, they all, like, people were like, these are, like, serious films. World War II movies are always taken so seriously. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, that, like, like, the British kind of like especially the British like I think it's like when you watch a classical film you'll notice they all use this weird British accent or this like weird affected Mm. voice um because people think that British people are classy and smart um so World War II set in Britain um these like heroes who fought the Nazis and prevailed um boom like like I think it's so dumb like and I find that so fascinating. Like mm-hmm. our modern heroes are like Winston Churchill, and like weirdly Stalin. Like, yeah, yeah, on? that's that's interesting. I'm trying to think of any like specific World War II movies that we can point to. In the this. Wor- in my brain is King's Speech. That's like what just keeps coming. Okay, up. I almost watched King's Speech last night. Nice. I almost did, and then I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um, what I find out, like like especially using like my theory, um. I like looking at King's Speech because Russia doesn't come up at all. 
Like at no Interesting. point. And it's just like, we fight the Nazis, we fight the Nazis, we're British. Mm. Yeah. And like the US is like kind of mentioned, but r- not a little dust of Russia's in that movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were talking last night on um, the Film Socks half hour for 24 hours of student radio, how like, well we theorize that russians are going to be the villains of movies again and that was a big thing especially when classical movies were coming out um like there was a lot of anti-rome sentiment there was a lot of like we love christianity and like they're just prosecuting us Mm -hmm. um and the romans always wore a lot of red like they were just like coated in red um which like i would argue is not an accident like Red Scare, Red Rome, like... Oh, that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I had not thought of that. That's really funny. Thank you. But, like, this... I I think that it's... Historical films especially, like, kind of lend themselves to, like, villainizing other groups because, like, it's like, well, we aren't... Like, they were evil then. Like, we're not saying they're evil now. But it's just, like... Yeah. It's, like, supporting... Not us. only that, it's just, like, having... Uh, the Nazis be like a bad guy in a movie. You couldn't ask for a better bad guy for Indiana Jones to punch. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> like it was, so in the fourth one, fourth Indiana Jones movie came out and they tried to use the Russians set during the Cold War. It didn't have that spark to it. You know what I mean? I honestly do not remember all oh, the never, Indiana Jones. never seen a single Indiana Jones. You're bad, Dora. <laughs> Indiana Jones is a great series of movies you should do a trivia night it's worth it's it's worth uh checking out maybe you could have a beer garden for raiders of the lost ark (gasps) or one of the other uh three films maybe we have a beer garden coming up don't have crystal skull though because i won't be i don't think anyone (laughs) will ever do crystal skull that was that was one of the first movies where i was like genuinely i saw in the theater i was genuinely like heartbrokenly disappointed Mm. I've never been that let down by a movie before. Oh, well. But I wanted to bring it back to just, like, the portrayal of history Mm -hmm. in film. Just because, like, I agree with Dora. This this thing of, like, what are historical movies trying to tell us? And a lot of the time, there's some sort of political agenda that's being pushed. You know, like... uh, when you talk about history, we think of it as a very set in stone type thing. Like, no, this is what happened, and that's it. These are you the know? events. But in it's this like order. there's a very particular type of people that write history in the first place. Like, yeah. what is it? The, the famous quote, like, the winners write history. History is written by the victors. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, like, yeah, there's always going to, like, the Nazis, obviously, <laughs> are, are always going to be the bad guys. The communists are, like, always going to be the bad guys because that's, like, because they lost. Yeah, they lost. And it w- obviously would be different if they had won. And I just think it's interesting that film can use history and change it. Like most, like Dora said, most films are not going to be historically accurate. Um, but just the fact that you're like, no, but we're talking about history. It kind of impregnates this... Um, sense not, of fact. Yeah, yeah exactly. Sense of That's the word. Within like, it. Exactly. It's not necessarily like true like a lot of the villains in these movies are like they weren't actually like this no. guys like they were not uh, but the fact that you can just use the word history and it has such a powerful weight on it i think is interesting and i think the same goes for the heroes of the movies as well oh like, yeah oh yeah um but also like just to bring it back to like classical movies mm-hmm. like i find it really funny that people watch these movies and like 
I did it when I was little. Like, I would have to be like, oh, like, I know what ancient Rome was like. Like, you are like, <laughs> yeah. you're like, this is what the society was like. And then you take classes and you're like, oh, no, like, it was so different. Like, it was mm-hmm. not the same at all. Like, it wasn't this, like, utopia of democracy. It was this, like, really weird kind of, like, seedy space. One yeah. of my favorite historical movies, and it's the one I watched recently, is David Lean's... I didn't know we are talking about ancient Rome, so... Uh, but it's set in revolutionary Russia, and it's David Lean's Dr. Zhivago. Have you guys ever seen it? No. It's worth checking out. Okay. It was made by the British during the height of the Cold War, and uh, Dr. Zhivago is a like Russian... Uh, sort of, he comes from a Russian like aristocratic family, and he fights in World War One. And they do an amazing job at like making uh, the Russian capitalists like really sympathetic and the uh, revolutionaries extremely uh, antagonistic. Oh, whoa! So it's made during. So it's about Russia made during the height of the Cold War, and it's just a fantastic movie. That's pretty silly. Um, just like within the Russian Revolution, I've always been taught that like. <laughs> The Tsar was like evil and like team, yeah, team the and, proletariat. And there's a scene in the movie uh, where like uh, the main characters, the aristocrats, learn of the Tsar's death, and it's like, <gasps> and it's like the, the, it, 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 there's like tears going down like a child's face of like <laughs> the Tsar is dead. That's no, so no. <laughs> um, okay, um, we're gonna play a song. Um, also, like I realized we forgot to say earlier. Um, we played Think About Me by Nikki Frias off their EP Holidays EP. I'm obsessed with Nikki Frias. They're amazing. Google them. Um, but so we're going to play Red Lipstick by Carol Salcine, who are performing in the finals of Shindig on Friday the 3rd. The theme is bold. So dress however bold feels to you. Um, and yeah, we'll be back after this on some messages. Yeah. But I guess I really 
of the gender binary, gender policing, or just want to speak your truth? Join CITR's Gender Empowerment Collective. This group of radio makers is all about centering the voices, issues, concerns, and experiences of women-identified, transgender, intersex, two-spirit, genderqueer, gender nonconforming, non-binary, and gender-fluid folks and allies. Anyone can join, no experience necessary. Like the Gender Empowerment Collective on Facebook or email volunteer at citr.ca. Our show, Babe Waves, airs Thursdays from 5 to 6 and features music, interviews, events, news, commentary, basically anything we care to talk about. See you then. Friday, January 27th, Nardwa the Human Serviette is opening up the video vault. Come hang out at CITR to see Nardwa play clips from his interviews and talk about his experience working in radio and getting his star at CITR. This event is co-presented by CITR, Discorder, and the UBC. And if you've got a burning question for Canada's favourite interviewer, this is your chance to ask it.
Hey, and welcome back to The Real World on CITR 11.9 FM, UBC Film Studies radio show, etc., etc. Um, you just heard Easy to Please by Fam or by Family Room by no. Yeah, by Family Room from their album Barnyard Sessions. That was a little too um, hard for me but yeah really fun what did we hear before that oh before we heard one of my new favorite songs red lipstick by carousel scene playing in the finals of shindig next friday february 3rd at pat's pub theme is bold um we also played a little um psa thing i guess for nardwar's um video vault um if you guys don't know nardwar the human serviette is a classic um, programmer on CHR 101.9 FM and he is having like a little video vault like showcase today what does that mean Dora honestly not really sure um <laughs> Nardra is just gonna talk and play clips from his audio and video vault of interviews and if you've got burning questions for Canada's favorite interviewer here's your chance to ask it so come on to the station it's from 12 to 1 p.m today um when we were talking this past hour they just put a huge poster of nardwar's face right next to us which i thought was like very fun it's a great poster it really i'm is. really into this poster right now yeah you um, should come see it yeah just for the poster yeah just, just take, for the poster. take selfies with the with the poster yeah i would support and it and then leave it's cool <laughs> yeah whatever <laughs> whatever um but yeah that's today and cool 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 yeah cool. so this past these past 40 minutes kind of we've been talking about historical films and very much focusing on classic films um, so Dora, do you want to tell me about the movies that you have <coughs> been interested in? So this week I watched, um, Carry On Cleo, which is a British classic comedy. I find it like pretty frustrating because... What is it about? Uh, you know what? Like, I know. <laughs> it was, it was like this, these, I found Whoa. it, I know, I, I found it so frustrating because... Brits tend to make movies that like make them seem awesome and they made this movie about like class like kind of like barbaric Britain okay but I was just so frustrated like two seconds in because it was like like there's historical inaccuracy and then there's just like historical inaccuracy and it was awful and like women were like portrayed so badly and it was just like it was, like, very much like a punchline movie. Oh, um, what was wrong with the historical inaccuracy? Oh, well, it was, like, women, like, like just the outfits. Like, they're, like, wearing, like, cheetah, like, bras and little mini, like, fur skirts. <laughs> and, like, like that's just, like, instance numero uno of an that's hour and a half long true. movie. <laughs> um, it was, like, it was just frustrating. Like, I honestly couldn't pay that much attention to it. Oh. Also because the movie itself, like, I didn't love the humor. So it was just like, here's, like, a bad setup and then a bad joke and then, like, a bad setup and then a bad joke. And no. I was, like, sitting there the whole time, like, this is frustrating. It's not that funny. And it's just, like, making me angry. Um, it, And, like, how they – the thing that got to me most of all was, like, how they portrayed Julius Caesar, which I just was, like, God, like, no, no, no. Like, they made him seem like such a doofus and he was actually, like, probably the most capable person in the ancient world. Like – I don't know. Like, it just made me really mad. Um, what was it about? It, like, nothing. It was just, like, joke, joke, joke. What it was, What year did this come out? Oh, I have no idea. Um, but this... What year is it set? Like, approximately. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know. Um, okay. But, so, this guy, this... This Britain... This Brit, like, 
makes wheels, but he makes square wheels because I don't He's know. Dumb. Yeah, no, like the whole like it's also like the whole joke is like this guy's really stupid, and it's like okay, like that's not that funny. Um, and they he's his village is raided by the Romans and they're taken back to Rome. Um, it's called Carry On Cleo, and they like set it up that it's like supposed to be about Cleopatra, but it's like it's, like for so long it's just about like these Brits going to Rome, and then like not very much hilarious I've, I've seen some other carry-on movies i've seen karen up the up the kaiba which i think is set in scotland like uh scotland during i don't know some it's been such a long time since i've seen it i can't really recall that many details about it but yeah it's certainly have the humor is very much of its time the like this thing is 1970s british humor yeah yeah not like british humor and in, in, in itself is like hard for people that are not british to get now imagine british humor from longer than 10 yeah. years ago <laughs> it's like oh hurts um i didn't pay that much attention to, to it i didn't really dig it. it it was just like frustrating like it was ugh, i don't know i didn't really like it but i also watched troy 2004 brad pitt in his prime what's so awesome about this movie is brad pitt is naked the whole time the entire movie oh my Every god scene. and like the how movie, have i not seen this i don't know the movie is like silly it's like supposed to be the iliad but there's like a weird um so for those of you who don't know the classic tale of the iliad um the achaeans or the greeks um have so I'll go, I'll go back farther so um essentially paris the prince of troy has stolen menelaus's wife helen Hel- menelaus is from sparta um and kind of like world war one where um like they're like allies were a huge thing um menelaus was just like okay like all you other heroes of greece join like all you other kings we have to fight troy to get my wife back um so that's the start of the Trojan War. It goes on for 10 years. Um, and it ends at Troy. And Achilles... Uh, so the main players are Men- Menelaus, who is Helen's ex-husband. Um, Agamemnon, who is Menelaus's brother and who is, like, head honcho king. Odysseus, who's played by Sean Bean, which, like, made me really happy. Um, Achilles, who is Brad Pitt. Yes. <laughs> And then Hector on the Trojan side and Paris and Priam. Paris and Hector are Priam's sons. Priam is the old king. And a big part of the Iliad, the actual poem, I mean, like, as you can imagine, is gods, like, have a huge part to play in it. And in the movie, and I love this poem. It's probably one of my favorite books ever. Um, And the movie just takes out all religious aspects and actually kind of, like, demonizes piety which i thought was like kind of strange um it doesn't demonize but it's like you're stupid for listening to the gods and it's like well i don't know that's interesting yeah i thought it was really cool um but you like it was lovely to see because i like love the alien and i love the odyssey and they don't really make movies of them like people like people would rather make a movie about like the roman senate than about like archaic greece mm-hmm. um but it was very fun I I would really like uh I'd really like it. It's too probably too late now, but I w- would have enjoyed it if they had made uh, a sequel of with Sean Bean starring in the Odyssey. Yeah, no. It would would have been nice, but you know, didn't happen unfortunately. The Odyssey always happen in the future. Mm, the Odyssey's a little hard to make. There's like so much. He just like kills so many people. Like 
Odysseus is a hard hero to get behind. I just came from a lecture where the prof was basically just like, Odysseus was like a like bad guy. <laughs> like he was really shady. Um, a lot of like I didn't definitely didn't get this version of the Odyssey when I was growing up, but it ends with him, um, massacring um spoilers. Oh, of oh, a, a, a book written thousands of years ago. Um, Terrible. Odysseus. So there are people staying in his house um, and they're being very rude. They're like, whatever, Greek custom. You guys don't need to know. But normally, if you've kind of been wronged, what you do is like apologize and then you um, repay um, the damage that's been done. If you have been wronged? If you wrong. Okay. So, like, these suitors are, have been staying in Odysseus' house for 10 years, and they've eaten all his livestock, and they're trying to marry his wife, and they've been very insolent and um, un- ungodly. And the correct response would be they apologize, they repay the livestock, whatever they've eaten, and then they go on their merry way, and they offer that. And then Odysseus is like, LOL, no, I'm going to kill every single one of you and then kill every woman who has slept with you. And it's just like, there are like two books of the poem of just like murder, 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 which is like, yes, which like they just like don't really include. Like I like I remember the first time I read it and I was like, wait a second, like what's happening? Um, But like the Odyssey is a hard poem to spin into like a fun like yeah like the iliad at least is like a war story like that's kind of like a narrative that people know but Mm -hmm. but troy was super fun because it was also like very silly like it was very it was very much a 2000s movie of like let's just put celebrities in and like see how they manage (laughs) it was really cute i'm very glad that oh brother where art thou oh brother where art thou is uh based on the odyssey and apparently the coen brothers never actually like reread they read, probably read it in high school but they never actually like reread the the odyssey when they're adapting the screenplay they, they watched a movie it's like oh well what if we set it in the deep south like that's that's cool right that is that like makes a lot of sense to me i watched yeah. that movie pretty recently um and like it just leaves out some of like the worst parts i think like mm-hmm. the most the least palatable parts all the massacre and whatnot yeah <laughs> fun <laughs> But, like, I feel like I've been burned so much by classical movies that, like, I can only watch, like, the fun ones. Like, like the silly ones that I, like, I know are going to be, like, ah, whatever. Like, I liked Clash of the Titans. Like, that just, like, felt fun to me. That was terrible. Not the new one. 1983. Oh, okay. Um, I don't think I've seen that one. It's pretty silly, if only because, like, there's a lot of, like, claymation. Oh, my God, yes! So, it's, but they're, like, you can tell. I'm a big fan of Remember the Titans. I don't think I've ever seen that. Um, but it's pretty, Clash of the Titans, the first one is pretty funny because you can tell that they're like, look at all the effects we can do. Like, isn't this wacky? Boom, 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 effects. Uh, yeah, and you're just watching it like, this looks terrible. Like, we're like, proud of you, 1983. Like, you you did great. I'm so glad that that's a thing that exists. But then I also watched The King's Speech. Okay, tell me. The King's Speech came out, what was it, 2012? 2010, I want to say. Okay, um... What's his name? Colin Firth plays. I think it was two. Uh, 2010 seems a little early because I remember it came out when I was in high school. I remember I there was it was the last year I ever cared about the Oscars because uh, the King's Speech won the Academy Award and I I got so frustrated with it's that. It's 2010. I was like, oh whoa! I was like, damn, damn you Oscars! I'm not gonna I'm I'm not gonna put up with you anymore. Yeah, take a stand. Yeah. Um, but. 
It's about Colin Firth plays the King of England. Uh, it's about the, Colin Firth playing the King of England. Pretty much. <laughs> um, at the beginning of World War II, and he has a stutter, and he gets over his stutter, and Britain becomes stronger as a country because he got over his stutter. I haven't seen it, but have you guys watched that Netflix show, The Crown? Oh, I really want to. I no. was wondering if uh, they covered any of the same material in the King's Speech in that show, because I know... Uh, King George is in it. I don't think so because the queen is quite young in the King's Speech. Like she's like a little baby, basically. Yeah. And then the crown is about her, like as a woman, right? Yeah, I don't know that much about uh, the British royal family. Well, my mom, my mom would would kill me if she heard me say that. She's <laughs> obsessed with them. But if um, it is the same King George and same Elizabeth, then uh, it's it's much later. It's after World War Two. Okay. Sure. Um, but I do want to like, lol at your disdain for the Oscars. But I do want to just like let the listeners know what the nomination for Best Picture is. Yeah, um, let's do that. So I'm just gonna read them out. It's on the Oscars website. Um, Best Picture: Arrival, Fences, Hacksaw Ridge, Hell or High Water, Hidden Figures, La La Land, Lion, Manchester at the Sea by the Sea, Manchester by the Sea, yeah, by the Sea, and Moonlight. So keep an eye out for those. Yeah. I think I think the Oscars are good at uh, getting me to watch movies I wouldn't typically pay attention to otherwise, like uh, Manchester by the Sea, for instance. I probably wouldn't watch that, but now it's now I'm like, oh, I'll check that out. I'm not excited for Manchester by the Sea. It looks sad, but What's I'll watch it, it anyway. Um, I don't care what it's about. Casey Affleck is a sex offender, and he's nominated for an Oscar, and it's ridiculous that he's being celebrated for being like a i didn't know criminal. that is that true yes I, I never heard that before it's a shame and also this list of best pictures makes me sad because lion looked like a terrible movie like i watched a trailer and i was like this looks silly hidden figures i was like mm, glad they're making it but also like this looks kind of silly but what's I'm, hidden figures about i don't know it's about, about these uh black women who were uh m- mathematicians on the uh, Apollo missions. Ooh. Yeah, so like During basically black women actually did all like the calculations or whatever to send people to space and then they never got recognized. That's cool. And so yeah, they made a movie out of them, which is like really sick. That's I, so I really cool. want to see that. Um but I think we can um we can head out now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're gonna wrap this up. <clears throat> we're gonna play um my new favorite song, I Have Nothing by the ever amazing Whitney Houston. I'm like pretty much obsessed with her because she's an angel um coming up after us is dave radio with radio dave yeah um on the radio (laughs) great guy great show one time i was like oh are you radio dave he was like no just dave i was like oh okay cool (laughs) are you sure (laughs) are you sure about that you're not like preface with radio um but it was pretty i thought it was like pretty safe only my mother calls me radio dave Oh, please. My dad. That's my dad's name. <laughs> um, so thanks for tuning in to The Real World. And, and shout, shout out to Whoopi Goldberg. Take me for what I am
Old or New Testament, 